Welcome to Tears of a Clown, episode four. This is Liv. And it's been a week. It's been a week for sure. This week, I decided I'm going back into therapy. And it's been a long time since I've been in therapy. So I have made the jump and I am not looking forward to it. (laughs) But I'm doing it. Now, despite what you may assume, this is not due to the fact that I got fished online this week and a sex bot was imitating me to my employees. <laughs> okay. Traumatizing as that was, I can I can have a good chuckle about it now. I'm going to tell you right now, this we're in a new day and age with the internet. We are in a new fucking day and age. Before, you could just post your thirst traps in peace, maybe worry about like somebody didn't like you like, you know, editing like a dick on your face or, you know, putting you on the dirty or something like that, whatever. Like, but come on, dude, it's like 2022, you know, now it's different. Now people take your photos and then they advertise, uh, a show they won't want to miss (laughs) to your friends and family and employees. So that's great. So that, but that's not the reason why I'm going back into therapy. I want to make that very clear. However, I will say if you haven't experienced that yet, you got to give that a try. This week has just been mentally kind of stressful. Uh, the, the, like I said, the sex bot thing now in retrospect is quite lovely, but um, <laughs> my parents both have COVID. They're, they're doing, they're okay, they're healthy. And I'm like so incredibly lucky that my parents got the last wave of this like latest strain, which was like the like pygmy cousin of the original COVID. I had the, I had the OG COVID and I, I like to like, I liken that to the original Four loco. That shit was no joke. That shit got pulled off the shelves, okay? So <clears throat> I'm very glad they're okay. Uh, but just like wasn't physically and mentally feeling great this week. So now in retrospect, the sex box thing was actually a blessing because it, it, it gave me some well-needed laughs. Now, I will tell you all, for the sake of honesty, I still have laundry I've not put away that I discussed probably three episodes ago. That's neither here nor there. But... I am so incredibly fascinated. I've been brought back to life, kind of like Uncle Joe from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which I could talk about that guy. I could do a separate episode on that guy. I think that that is basically me anytime I get attention from a hot person. I could be sitting there and just like in the dumps, okay? And not just things aren't going great. And then a hot person comes my way and I'm immediately Uncle Joe. I'm I'm dancing. I'm out of the bed, moving my feet, okay? But what brought me my Uncle Joe moment this week was the fact that you all were very honest in the poll that I put out there uh, regarding what I wanted to cover for today's episode. And listen, it, it was an overwhelming win. You all wanted to talk about having secret feelings for somebody. So we're going to get into that. Now, there's a ton of different scenarios when secret feelings for someone would develop, right? I most commonly have seen and heard and experienced this myself even through being in a very happy relationship. And I think there's this guilt around being in a relationship and being fascinated and or stimulated by another person. But there's also this really exciting component to where it's like, I would never do anything, right? And we're talking about just in one scenario. I would never do anything, but it's like, I'm, I'm excited we're hanging out with that person tomorrow. Or, you know, I, they gave me a really nice compliment. 
And what I think is important to clarify is when you are with someone, regardless of how long, how strong, everything else that relationship is, you're not suddenly unable to be stimulated by others or attracted to other people. That doesn't go away. It's it's not like, great, I've got my person now and no one else is going to excite me and no one else is going to be, you know, physically alluring to me. And, and and this is it. And like, my, hey guys, my blinders are shut, Okay. But I do think how we handle these things and the severity in which we feel these things say a lot about either our relationship or where we're at. So specifically, if you have someone and you're in a relationship right now, you're listening to this and you just have like this little micro crush on someone that comes around and you're like, oh, they're so like funny and they're good looking and it's just kind of nice to be around them. Like you're like, oh, okay. And you kind of leave it at that. Like there's not much there. There's some banter. It's it's someone you appreciate. You have respect for them. You have a boundary there. It's not like you've done anything inappropriate, inappropriate or going to do anything inappropriate. I think that's very common actually. And I, I think that's okay. Uh, I think it shows that you're a human being who values um, your interactions with those around you and can still see beauty in others. And in fact, I think one of the best things to do in those scenarios is be honest with your partner about it. Uh, some time ago, I was in a relationship where I was very attracted to the person's best friend. And I remember feeling so shitty and guilty for it. I was like, come on, like, I love my person. But I was like, their best friend's like really cool and attractive and funny and all these great characteristics that I value in a person. And I'll never forget, we were sitting there one day and I was like, hey, to my partner, do have you ever been attracted to and or you know like had feelings for your best friend because it's like I'm like it's impossible to not be drawn to this person my partner was like oh yeah 100% like yes like lifelong and I was like great because uh I I I totally respect you but oh my gosh like your best friend is really hot and I I get nervous talking to them sometimes. And it was like cats out of the bag. And it was like funny. It was like, yeah, we had a security in our relationship where it's like, okay, yeah, cool. This, we're stating the obvious. My best friend's hot and like pretty charming. And that was it. It was as simple as that. Like we got it out and it was great. Um, I think also sometimes it's fun to just have like, you know, that little like crush that you is so innocent, but it's like a, a kind of like you're in your school, like grammar school years. And like, you can talk to a couple of your girlfriends about it. Like, oh my gosh, so-and-so is so cute. And then maybe from there you try and set one of your friends up with them. Or, you know, you guys will comment on like, oh, they did this or like, you know, I, I personally think that is innocent. Okay. I think it's where, and we're always going to go back to intentions. I think it goes down to intentions of what you do next with those feelings that again, can really speak to the the severity of how this crush is going to impact your life and or if this is going to be a repeated pattern for you. Now, what I first want to do is spare anybody the risk of losing and or hurting people when it's not necessary. So I've made the mistake before with having hidden feelings for somebody or hidden attraction to somebody. Two different scenarios that I'll tell you, one played out one way, one played out another way. The first scenario was I just had chemistry with someone who was in a relationship and I really, I, I did literally everything I could to avoid this. Like didn't, didn't see the person uh, at all, like 
hangouts, anything. I, I would miss group hangouts. I When I tell you I went through hell trying to get through this until the opportunity basically smacked me in the face. And at that point in time, they were, I guess, on the outs or broken up with the person they were with. And I, you know, went for it. 100% not worth it. 100% not fucking worth it. And here's what I'm going to tell you why. This person was like, number one, serial monogamous. Number two, just like absolutely always in up and downs in that relationship. What I realized was those people were going to be involved on some capacity in each other's lives forever. And it was like, I had this chemistry with this person, but they were so fucking trauma bonded to the person that they were with that I was like a blip in this person's um, life. Like it was like a moment it was like a momentary lapse. Like, oh, great. Let me experience this. And then they were right back onto their bullshit. Now, will I say that I think this person probably still thinks about me and is attracted to me? Absolutely. But attraction does not equal respect. So I will say that was one of those times where there's not many things I regret or say, shit, I shouldn't have done that. But I could have done without that. Like, it really wasn't worth it. The weeks of texting and anticipation and like, all these things that I was trying to hold in, like I wouldn't admit that I had feelings. I was like, we're just friends. We're just friends. We're just friends. Like ultimately led to like a pretty shitty lapse in my judgment. And like, I'm not proud of that, you know? And I get it when that feeling overtakes you. It's like, just, you know, I, I can do this now and it's politically correct technically because like they're like broken up and, you know, but we all know when you're getting into shit, you're walking to shit, you're going to walk out with shit. Like you're not, there's no, there's not going to be like a secret hose at the end that's like, all right, here's your clean off. Here's your like, here's your good moment. And then you just go on with your life. That's not how that works. So I would say in that scenario, what I would caution and warn others is, is number one, this person was in an up and down, in and out relationship constantly. Number two, this person was very uh, selfish about what they wanted and how they felt. There was never a time where I felt like they considered their partner in how close they were getting to me. Like if my partner was getting that close to somebody, I would be uncomfortable. And so that was another really strong sign. And then the third thing was there was no promise, you know, once we had actually connected that they weren't going to go back to that relationship. There was no like, it was just like, oh yeah, here I am. And this is what, you know, we're hanging out now. And they went back. Like, so I think those were a couple red flags that thankfully I wasn't risking anything. I wasn't risking like a friendship um, or my own relationship, but I, I was risking hurting myself and I, I did a little bit, right? Like now in retrospect, I'm like, I would never be with that person, but it didn't, it didn't feel good. So I'd say in those scenarios, look out for the warning signs because chemistry and commitment are not synonymous. Okay. And in the moment it feels like that sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, like this is just it. Like we just work, we function well together. Like this is so great. And yeah, it could be all of those things, but it's also like, that doesn't mean that it's going to continue to be that way. One of the more illuminating experiences I've had with hidden feelings was actually with one of the most important people in my life. That was my best guy friend. So I want to preface before I say this, I've heard of best friends ending up together and that is like such a just cute and beautiful love story. But I would also say a lot of the best friends that I saw together were like close friends with pretty damn strong boundaries, right? It's different when you're like, <laughs> there's no mystery. It's just like, you are just like, you act like thing one and thing two. And that's kind of how me and my best guy friend acted. And, um, you know, to this day is one of my 
favorite people in the world and he's actually dating one of my favorite people. So it's, it's worked out so well. Um, but I was so not used to having a unconditional love like we had, like with a, with a male specifically. And so I remember at one point thinking, well, you know, everybody would say, well, why aren't you guys together? Like you guys are best friends. Why aren't you guys together? And I remember thinking, I don't know. Why aren't we? This isn't like how I felt about other people. I mean, he's like, this is my best friend, you know? And it was, it was really hard for me to wrap my head around, but eventually I was just like, okay, yeah, maybe I do have feelings for him. And I'll never forget the day that I decided to tell him like, Hey, I think I have feelings for you. (laughs) We were sitting at this bar and he's like, yeah, no, (laughs) no, not uh, like, I love you, but I do not feel the same way. And I was like, I remember being so offended. I'm like, why would you not have feelings for me? Like, and then in retrospect, it took me some time to process it, but I'm laughing now because I'm like, oh my God, I didn't have romantic feelings for him. I just was feeling such an unconditional and, and safe and healthy love around me that I realized that I want the love that I have in my life to be like that. And I was like, well, well, here it is, right? He may be my best friend, but here it is. And this is the way it's going to be. But I was missing so many other factors, right? Like, like physical chemistry, hobbies and interests, general compatibility, communication. Like that is my best friend. And now in retrospect, it's like, what in the God, what in the hell was I thinking? But there was a confusion around that. And I think it was great that I actually talked to my best friend about it because that helped me learn that. I was kind of valuing the wrong things in my relationships, but I also needed to value more in myself to be like, okay, well, I want, you know, this unconditional protection and care and love, but I also want chemistry and I also want this and I also want that. So I would say in in that scenario specifically, it was actually very healthy for me to have experienced those confusing kind of feelings and then act on them. And then it's like, now it's like, oh shit, that's like, who would have thought? Like that's, it's funny to think about. I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer for how you deal with your hidden feelings towards somebody. I think context is huge here. I believe if you are not hurting anybody, and when I say hurting anybody, I mean disrespecting boundaries, crossing lines, betraying trust, you know, doing basic things like that that make people trust you and love you, that you are not inherently bad or terrible or or like this <laughs> this little hellion because you are have attraction to somebody and you're not a bad partner because you sit there and you really enjoy talking to this person and you you guys you guys just get along I think that that's normal and and I wish again like most things we'll cover on this podcast this was communicated more between partners between friends everything else like oh I totally had a crush on so-and-so it's like all right okay great we talked about it we got it out there I think where you start to risk really hurting yourself before you know amongst anything else really truly hurting yourself is when you betray yourself for the instantaneous moment of that spark right so you're like well I just I have to try this I have to pick this scab I have to see you know (laughs) I have to to do it right because it really is like a scab and then you do it and then after that you have to live with that guilt of what you've done whether it's you know hurting someone close to you or hurting yourself like a lot of times it's not worth it and I get it. I'm the type where when it comes to feeling specifically, I have to touch the hot stove. You can tell me the stove is hot, but I'm going to touch it anyways. And I got to get burnt. And then the worst part is I'm like sitting there and I'll let my hand get burnt for a while. So everybody approaches these kind of situations differently. What I will say is when you are consistently finding yourself 
having feelings for people outside of your relationship, I would really start to explore the why there. And I'm not here to diagnose why that is. I know for me personally, it was because at a time in my life, I had a, a really big wound with um, male validation and or male connection, male male love, so to speak, like that 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 like protective kind of sense that I, I required. It was there was never enough of it. And until I, I did a lot of healing, I, I really didn't get past most of that. And still to this day, it's something that I'll always have to work on. Um, but then there was also a, an innocent aspect to it later in my life. And that was that I just really wanted to be fucking polyamorous. And I was. I dated multiple people. And I've told you guys in other episodes, was not for me. I, I get very exhausted by needing people needing me constantly, um, specifically because that's my job. So outside of my job, it's very taxing for me. Like the most amazing thing that I love to do with my favorite people like my best friend I was just with her the other day and we just like sat in the pool and like barely talked and listened to music and drank wine like I don't I don't need to talk I just want to be near you I just want to hug you like I'm good right so for me polyamory was a lot and I'm not saying it's the same for every other person or even that my experience was uh, a blanket case because it's not it just I, I, I have a hard enough time with one person uh, so it just wasn't for me. But what I realized was I needed to explore that. So if you're thinking about the fact that maybe that is something you want to explore, whether it be, you don't have to go straight out the gate, right? Like it doesn't have to be, we're not monogamous now and we're both dating people. It doesn't have to mean, you know, we're, you don't even have to act on anything. Sometimes just talking to your partner about that and being like, hey, I've thought about this and I've thought about that really helps you feel secure. And it's almost like you get that comfort and that that truth and you get that like resolve that you need just by being able to say, here's how I'm feeling. One of my really wonderful friends told me recently, she's talking about her and her husband and she said, I've lived and died a thousand times in my marriage. She's like, I have become so many different people within my marriage. And I loved that she said that because it is so true. So the person that stood at the altar with her husband is now like that person is gone, right? There's, there's a whole new person there and the beliefs and feelings that come with that person also shift, right? And go away. So some things are born and some things die. I, I, I really would urge any of you who are struggling with, you know, wanting a little more stimulation or, or, or having like these interests to talk about it. And also, you know, again, sometimes it can be inner work. Sometimes it can just be like, it's not always that fucking deep. Sometimes it's just like, dude, I just want to like, I want to have some fun. Like I want to have threesome. Okay, whatever. What the, I know that's a jump, but like, okay. So like talk about it. See how you feel about it, you know? But I think the, the, the main thing I'm trying to get across here is diagnose the why within you. And if you don't know, if you can't seem to get to that why, that's where I would lean on people close to me. So I'd be like, hey, I kind of can't get this out of my head. What are your thoughts? Like, what do you think I have to lose here? What do you think this is maybe stemming from something? And a, a trusted advisor, like a true counselor, a good dear friend can look at you and be like, okay, well, you guys did just go through this like three months ago. Well, that was three months ago. Yeah, but like maybe that's still there. Or they could be like, hey, dude, like you've been like doing this, doing that. And, like, sounds like you want to try something new. It, it, it can be either or. It doesn't have to be positive or negative or superficial or deep. It can just be. Now, believe it or not, there are going to be people who are more compatible on paper or in real life with the person that you are in love with. That does that and that does not discriminate, right? When I say the person you are in love with, you could be in a relationship or not in a relationship with this person. You could have dated them. It could never have been. It could be something that's still in action. 
the sooner we can see that scope of reality and be like, yeah, for sure. You have to think there's five stimuli that we live off of as human beings. Spiritual, mental, intellectual, emotional, and physical, okay? So you're telling me that there is one person who can 100% fill all those things. Absolutely not. There is not one. And some relationships are stronger in other stimuli, Whereas, you know, there's, there's other relationships where it's like, oh, we've got, we've got like these top three down packed and the rest of them are non-existent. Some have a little more balance, right? And it depends on the people and it depends on what you value. So I would say anytime, just as an exercise, you should look at the person that you're, you're wanting to be with or you're with or the person you're thinking. Maybe there's not even someone you've met, but like the, the future you see for yourself and be able to be like, which, which stimuli do I, um, value the most? And then how, how do I stack rank these to where when I find a partner or someone that I want to, you know, be intimate with, spend my time with, how that actually matches up to what, what means the most to me. And this could still be used to pressure test if you have secret feelings for somebody, whether, no matter what situation you are in, okay? Um, maybe you're single and it's just someone that you shouldn't like. It's a, like a, an ex of a friend or something, you know, like a, a, a coworker, whatever, Go in there and really think about those things. And being 100% honest with yourself, you may find like, hey, there's like good, there's a good like chemistry here. There's a good like synergy, but there's not much legs in this after that. And then that doesn't mean you have to wake up and be like, well, now I'm over this. You could just know that and then also be like, okay. And it will help ground you in your attraction to that person and hopefully bring like a little more clarity because when we hyper fixate on things as human beings, it's like, especially especially if you're a pretty passionate person it's kind of hard to get that out of your head you're like you're on a you're on a like a b-roll constantly okay here's my final piece of advice that is never going to be recommended to you by a doctor by the way ever okay so i'm thankfully i'm not a fucking doctor sometimes you just need to do a toxic redirect okay so if you feel like you're hyper fixating and you might implode your damn life because of said hidden feelings or being the person who's helping someone hide their hidden feelings or being the object of someone else's hidden feelings, whatever it might be. Sometimes we just need a little redirect, okay? I did this recently. I had to do a toxic redirect because I wanted to go back to the thing that was my hyperfixation and my like my, my my heart was yearning for. So what did I do instead? I went out to a, a dive bar <laughs> and I got drunk with strangers couple men I've never met before. Great guys. Shout out to that group. And was it, was that a little sus? Absolutely. Was it maybe stupid? Cause they all could have been like fucking like horrible people. Absolutely. But they weren't and things worked out. And then I was like, okay, I made it, I made it another night without, you know, without doing anything dumb. So to speak in terms of like the thing that has been weighing me down or has been like, you know, heavily, heavily on my heart. Right. Sometimes you need to do that. Okay. Not the most healthy advice, but it is what it is. Now, today's story time is going to be difficult for me, and that is because it is physically painful to admit that I, <laughs> that I did this, that this is a story that actually occurred in my life, that I was an active participant in. Now, I want to make it clear, you're in the midst of history right now, because this is probably the most infamous from the Olivia archives out of all my dating stories and or lack thereof should I say uh and this specifically is the story of ankle monitor so I've talked about my early 20s and that I was unstoppable also unhinged and unstable okay but unstoppable nonetheless 
But there was one kryptonite that I carried. And to this day, this is still an affliction that I live with and, and I battle it. I battle it constantly. And that's my story. This is my story, right? My story of survival. Um, and that is a guy who looks like he's in a frat and cannot complete basic arithmetic. Like that is for me, you put a hot frat looking guy in front of me, I'm in, okay? Abs, brown hair, fantastic. Sign me up, okay? Um, the less intelligent usually the better, all right? So, so just imagine, just imagine when I came across a specimen that I was not expecting to fly my way on Tinder and, you know, we hit it off and just sparks flew. I mean, it was like a modern day romance, right? We exchanged Snapchats, we're talking, he's sending me mirror pics with his shirt off and I'm like, oh, I'm like out with my friends and we have a little bit of an age gap, which tends to also be unfortunately one of my downfalls of my entire existence. Nonetheless, okay, uh, I was in, I was bought in. So after a week of about talking, he planned to come over. When he came over, there was a couple things that were off. The first thing was is that he didn't talk. He maybe said five words the entire night, okay? He would like grunt a little bit and like laugh a little bit. That was it. Could not make eye contact. Shut up with a giant duffel bag and just said, please leave this right here and don't touch it, okay? So I'm like, this guy might be a drug dealer. Um, and then he confirmed where he was from and I was like, okay, this guy probably is a drug dealer, right? And we're hanging out and I'm like, why doesn't this guy talk? Like I'm trying everything. We're having drinks. We're playing battle shots, which by the way, if you're listening to this podcast and you ever played battle shots with me, congratulations, you got lived. You got lived. That is literally my number one home move or it was now, 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 the older I've gotten, the less I, the less I use those kind of moves, you know, but back in the day, I'd be like, well, let's play battle shots. Oh yeah. You know what that meant? That meant you were mine. Okay. So I, I pulled out all the stops and I was kind of thinking, man, this guy really doesn't talk much. So this kind of sucks until he kissed me. And then he kissed me and it was like, it didn't matter what level of communication we were doing audibly. Like we didn't need that because our communication in our physical sense was mind blowing. Like I'm talking like top five. Okay. Of my life. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm being hundred percent honest with you all. And so you can imagine, um, because of who I am as a person, after having such a wonderful evening with him at that point, I caught feelings. I'm like, well, this has got to be my boo. So for me, I cannot sleep with someone I don't have feelings for. And if I sleep with you and then I don't have feelings for you, I, like I lose them, we're never, I, it doesn't matter if it's good, we're never sleeping together again. Like I have to like and want the person and pine over the person I, I am physically involved with, okay? So obviously it went a little more backwards with him, but it did happen. So when he left the next morning, I thought to myself, I mean, this is like, you know, I'm going to be his little like thug princess. It is what it is like, you know, and a day passes and I don't hear from him. And then another day and another day. And then it turns into a week. And at that point, I'm kind of bugging out a little bit with my girlfriend. So I'm like, okay, this is like, I'm drinking my like shitty, like barefoot wine. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like what an asshole. Right. And I get the I get the courage to text him and I go like hey where have you been and he responds back who is this okay let me tell you if you've ever slept with somebody and they respond back to your text saying who is this I'm gonna give you some sage advice turn off your fucking phone turn off your phone go sit down make yourself a cup of tea and just call, call the L for what it is. There is no coming back from that. Okay. So I'm like, wow, I sent a picture of myself and he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I got arrested. I'm on a fucking ankle monitor. 
that's why I haven't talked to you. And I'm like, it's a little sus, right? Like there was other ways could have contacted me, but I'm like, well, are you okay? And he's like, I'm on a fucking ankle monitor. What do you think? And I'm like, okay, well, shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but I want you to come over. Like I hella like you. Like I want you to come over. Okay. So thank God that I had had enough wine. And I was like, I'm not like at that point in my life, especially I'm like, no, no way. Like I'm not going to spend X amount of dollars for an Uber. I'm not doing like, it just, it wasn't a time, you know, uh, what was the summer 16 probably. So <laughs> then at that point, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wash my hands clean, of, hands clean of this guy, right? So like a week later, he posts a girl on his Instagram. And I'm like, of fucking course, okay? Ankle monitor and has a girlfriend, of fucking course. I'm like, I'm never talking to this douchebag again. Well, lo and behold, a couple of months later, he hit me up and used his charms on me. And I just fell into it. I just fell into it. I couldn't not. I, it was it was me and it was him, you know, and, and there was a time where we were just us. And I'm like, well, don't you have a girlfriend? He's like, no, that was my friend. OK, so like just like totally gaslight situation. He gets dropped off at my house again with a double bag. His phone is ringing through all hours of the night. He has someone who needs to meet him. He's like, I got to do this. Like he's like on the phone, like telling someone like you need to get my money. I'm like, OK, this is this is getting I'm a little scared right now, but he's just so hot like I can't begin to tell you how attractive this guy was like, and he had like lavender eyes, which I've, I've never seen anything like that before. And so obviously that night things go down again. And I'm just like, dude, the feelings all come back. I forget about him disappearing. I forget about him forgetting my name. I forget about all of it. All right. I'm brought back into reality the next morning when he's like, Hey, you got to drop me off at work. So I drive to like the thicket of the hood. All right. And I'm like, the fuck, where the fuck are we? Okay. And I'm like, so where am I dropping you off at? He points forward and he points towards a car wash. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> at this point, I was in my like first career in tech. Like I was doing okay for myself for my age, you know? And I, I was a pretty intelligent gal. So like the guy who didn't talk and yeah, like w like doubled as a car wash dude and a drug dealer. Like I, I started to feel a little bit of regret at that point. So I drop him off. Of course, he's like a total ass. He doesn't like kiss me or hug me goodbye or anything like just leaves. And I have to contemplate my entire life the next day because I'm like, I see this dude just like throw. He's walking out. He's like throwing on his car wash t-shirt as he's walking out of my car. So he bamboozled me. Okay. He was wearing like a hoodie or something like that. So I'm like, well played. Well fucking played. You got a free ride to the hood. And, and now, and now I know you work at the damn car wash. So that wasn't ideal. Okay. It kind of shattered the dream of the romantic version I had in my head where he's like this, like, he's like this, like hood, like drug kingpin type type of dude, which by the way, I've never done a drug in my life, but for whatever reason at that very moment, it was like, well, you know, he's just a bad boy. Like it was doing it for me. So then I was like, okay, I've seriously got to reconsider like my life right now. Like this is, I have made some bad decisions that have gotten me to this point. Well, lo and behold, he disappears again post another girl. And I'm like, I'm done. I, I, I fucking delete this guy of Instagram. I'm like, I'm never talking to this guy again. Like this guy is so sus until he pops up a few months later. I'd say about six months later. Okay. So we were strange and you can imagine the pain we were both going through with such a strong connection, right? Such a strong foundation we had built hits me up. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have my own company now. I've grown up a lot. Like, you know, like got my own place. Like I'm doing this, doing that. And I'm like, okay. And he, I, yes, I was thinking about how hot he was. Yes, I was. I was blinded, okay? So I gave him one last chance. Not only does he show up looking like he rolled through 
a, a tunnel of dirt, okay? He looks like the kid from Charlie Brown. What's the soot kid? Like the kid with like the cloud of dirt all over him. He looks like a fucking mess, okay? He somehow talks even less than he talked before. And I'm like, this was a bad idea, okay? And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I got to text one of my girlfriends to get out of the situation. I had had a friend over. She left. And as we're sitting there, I think he can tell that I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, like probably like nothing's going to happen tonight. Like I'm going to go to bed. The man takes off his hat, puts his hair back and like takes off the hoodie and unveiled under is my prestigious little frat boy that just lived there. He was in that place. It was just like, he was there ready to tell me that my feelings were invalid. And I was, I was back home. I was back home. So what did I do? I folded. Okay. Even though he looked like the dust boy from Charlie Brown. I, (laughs) so the next day he leaves and guess who disappears? Okay. Since this time, we have not spoken. And he, I'm pretty sure that he is doing the exact same thing that he was doing in 2016. I don't think any of the stuff he told me was real. But what I will tell you was, in that moment, when I was going through this very intense love scenario with an uh, obviously like a certified like gangbanger you know like the ankle monitor the car wash every it was it was just like it was it was that of like a wattpad fan fiction romance clearly i realized to myself that i maybe need to take a step back spend some time with the lord because i clearly had lost my way i hope you all fucking enjoyed that story time because i sure as hell do not enjoy recalling it but it sometimes we do really self-deprecating and embarrassing things and I want to make it really clear you're not less than if you sell drugs or work at a car wash but you are less than if you do those things and you also treat women like shit so don't be like fucking ankle monitor all right take a girl out on a date save her save her number you know tell her you're not available for a relationship talk a little talk a little you don't have to talk a lot but talk a little you know when you hang out maybe say words like hi bye here cool you know stuff like that this is tears of a clown i am Liv, and i hope you enjoyed spending time with me today because i really love talking to you all i hope you have a great weekend we'll talk soon